Good morning, everyone. It's the 19th of April. My name is Lorna Denny. And I'm joined today by Seamus Lyons and Asim Kadri. Equity markets enjoyed another strong week, including record highs in Europe and the US. American markets are boosted by the Fed's reiteration of their target of full employment and that monetary support will continue until substantial progress is made on this. And there was a particularly strong retail sales number, Seamus. Yes, good morning, Lorna. Uh, indeed, it was another good week for stock markets. In fact, the fourth consecutive week of gains now, and most markets again moving further into record territory. So the, the Q1 earnings season has begun, and we saw some good figures from a lot of the big banks that reported during the week. This was nice for the markets. Vaccine news was also generally positive. Like on Thursday, um, investors were encouraged by Pfizer's announcement that it could deliver 10% more of its vaccine by the end of May, so much earlier than promised. But yeah, as you alluded to, probably the biggest news on the week was on the macro side, and it was in the form of the March retail sales. These were reported on Thursday, and they grew by 9.8%, the most since May of last year. And, and gains uh, within the report were quite broad-based, and this reflected both the continuing uh, reopening of the economy, of restaurants and other retail operations, as well as a recovery from a very negative number actually in February, which was kind of impacted by exceptionally severe weather. But there's also other good macro news that came out as well. The, the weekly jobless claims, they came in well below expectations. Some of the consumer sentiment indicators that were out in the week, they impressed. So all in all, it was a pretty good environment for stocks. Indeed. And we have this theme building of pent-up demand. We hear that over $5 trillion of pandemic savings have been made globally, and that's 6% of world GDP. This is not just a US phenomenon. But back in the US, the Treasury bond market seems to take all this in their stride. Yes. So despite uh, the stronger than expected economic data, US Treasury yields fell on the week, uh, with the 10-year Treasury note uh, declining to 1.57, having begun the week at 1.67 uh, the previous Friday. You know, these yields were even higher if you went back a few weeks further. So the recent upbeat economic data, this is what most likely caused investors to probably reduce their expectations for more fiscal stimulus, and as a consequence, also their interest in Treasury assurance. Also, um, inflation concerns, which, you know, these had the bond market spooked very recently. Uh, these may have been tempered, actually, by Fed Chair Jerome Powell. He did an interview the previous weekend on 60 Minutes, a US TV show. And in this, he reiterated that the policymakers would like to see inflation on track to move moderately above 2% for some time. So I think that this provided some comfort to investors. But Market commentators also noted there's probably some technical factors at play last week as well. For instance, we saw a lot of strong demand for treasuries uh, by Japanese investors, and this helped propel the rally. So in any case, bond markets, they've been recovering quite nicely uh, in recent weeks after what was a, a difficult period for a while there in early uh, Q1. Yes, an interesting combination of factors there. If we turn to China now, Asim, there was a strong rebound in growth in Q1 after the COVID struck start to last year. Hi, Lorna. Yes, that's right. So China unveiled a record annual growth rate in the first quarter with output rising by 18.3% on a year-on-year basis. And that was the fastest rate since records began in the early 1990s. So the high rate was expected given the same period last year, i.e. the comparison period was when the country went into lockdown amid the COVID crisis. However, despite the record figures, uh, the numbers were marginally below consensus expectations, which had forecast growth of 18.5%. So in particular, industrial activity growth moderated in March and came in below expectations, while services and consumption saw an accelerated recovery. And despite the numbers being slightly below expectations, you know, I think it's still pretty clear that they highlight the rapid economic recovery that has occurred in China over last year. And, and that is expected to continue over the course of this year as well. So how did markets respond to this number? 
Yeah, so, so Chinese stocks rose in the back of the record figures. Um, investment sentiment was was up at the end of the week. Coupled with that was the fact that several Chinese companies reported very strong earnings in the first quarter, so that was also positive. However, that wasn't enough to result in positive returns for the Chinese market for the week as a whole. The overriding story of the week was concerns over heightened government regulation on the tech sector. So you may have seen that Alibaba last weekend received a record antitrust fine of just under $3 billion US dollars, whilst early last week there was speculation that scrutiny of the industry as a whole will increase increase uh, as the Chinese government summoned 34 big internet companies for a meeting where reportedly they were asked to rectify anti-competition actions. And that led to some sizable sell-offs in some of the other larger tech names like Tencent and JD.com. And I think it's becoming pretty clear that more technology companies are being affected by the impact of the regulations. And, and, and thinking of the market more broadly, given the size of the tech sector in the equity index, clearly that's having kind of ramifications for um, equity markets, both in China, but also Asia more broadly. But there has been a broader underperformance by emerging Asian markets over the past few months. What would you put that down to? Yes, that's right. So since mid-February, really, emerging Asian markets have underperformed developed markets. And that's not in line with market expectations, which were for emerging markets to outperform. So I think there are a few factors underpinning this. So I'll just touch upon some of them briefly. So clearly a significant one has been what we've seen in the US with regards to US Treasury yields and the US dollar um, in the early part of the year. So Treasury yields have risen and the US dollar hasn't weakened and hasn't you know, proved to be a tailwind yet for Asian equities and currencies. And that's clearly resulted in a lot of investor unease in, in Asia. Alongside that is more uncertain domestic monetary policy, particularly in China. So there have been concerns about inflation and policymakers potentially implementing tighter monetary conditions, particularly as the economy continues to strengthen, as, as touched upon earlier. And that's clearly a contrast to the US, in particular, where the Fed has said it won't raise rates. And that, again, has resulted in some investor nervousness and volatility, you know, particularly when, when you consider valuation in China and how high they've been, how well the market did last year. And finally, I just wanted to touch upon the COVID situation. You know, we've seen a resurgence in virus cases and also vaccine shortages in some countries. And when you compare that to the situation in countries like the US and UK, where the vaccination campaigns are much further ahead, that's also weighing on Asian equity markets on a relative basis at the moment. So a bit of a divergence in prospects there. Near term, though, in the week ahead, we'll bring an ECB meeting. There are expectations that they could step up their bond buying program further. And some big names in the US reporting their quarterly earnings, Seamus. What are you expecting there? Yes, so the Q1 earnings season will be very much in focus again this week with some big companies reporting. So on Tuesday, uh, investors will be focused on subscriber figures when Netflix updates after its subscriber numbers reached 200 million last year. So they added 37 million paying customers during the lockdown plate year. Uh, so the company is looking to expand its customer base in other markets, such as India, where it's rolling out its biggest roster yet of local films and shows as it fights for an edge over some fast-growing rivals such as Disney and Amazon Prime. But also in other sectors, for instance, Johnson Johnson will report in January, they gave a very optimistic outlook for 2021. So forecasting some very strong sales, but actually the rollout of their vaccine was halted last week, not long after that the vaccine had just been approved. So only 7 million doses been administered so far. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they update their guidance on, on the back of this to see if it changes any of their forecasts. And um, you mentioned DCB, they're also going to give an update, I think on Thursday on, the, on their bond buying program. So, so a lot of uh, investors in Europe, both in the equity and bond space would be keeping an eye on that. So indeed, yes, it's going to be another busy week for some news. Well, indeed. Thank you both very much. Thank you, Lorna. Thanks, Lorna.